Welcome to another episode of the Positive Change Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Harmer, and this podcast is all about challenging the status quo, inspiring uncommon thinking, and creating positive change for yourself, the people you love and care about, and for the world around you. And in this particular episode, we're talking about a call for more compassion in the world, and particularly towards others. And this comes about because I think there's a real focus on looking after ourselves and number one first. And I'm not discounting that's important, but there's more than just individuals in the world. There's a collective, there's a shared humanity. And I think it's really time that we focus more on lifting all of us up and not just ourselves. So if this is a topic of interest to you, stay tuned, listen in. Let me know what you think at the end. Hi, I'm Dr. Richard Harmer, and you're about to discover new ways to go from overwhelm to thriving in your business and in your life by following your passions, pursuing your unique life purpose, and stepping fully into your infinite potential. You deserve to live your best life, a life filled with all of the clarity, courage, and commitment you need to be happy and to make a positive impact on the world. So get ready because this podcast challenges society's expectations for what it means to be successful in life and in business and invites you to grow beyond outdated assumptions for defining who you are. Welcome to the Positive Change Podcast. So welcome to another episode of the Positive Change Podcast. Again, I'm Dr. Richard Harmer, your host. And to set the scene for this particular podcast, I've got to take us back to our previous episode, an episode where I unpacked my own understanding of an ethical dilemma I was working with within a project environment that I'm a part of. And my ultimate connection and understanding as I peeled away the layers of that complexity and the blind turns and the hidden agendas, I realized that it was all about compassion, all about accepting what is without needing to change it and then working for the benefit of myself and others, more importantly, in creating a better experience for everybody. So I wanted to explore this topic of compassion just a little bit further digging in just a little bit more into what this thing called compassion, this phenomena, this experience, this practice, this quality of being is all about. Now, I shared in the last episode that compassion, its, it's literal translation of compassion is suffering together. And it's really about feeling others' suffering and wanting to alleviate it. And there are some significant health benefits of the practice, the receiving, the giving, and the living of compassion mental emotional relational as well as physical for example when we practice compassion when we actively try to connect with another person's suffering empathy so to speak but then wanting to alleviate it that altruistic sense of wanting someone else's experience of their own life to be better than it currently is our heart slows our breath slows our stress levels reduce it also brings about chemically through, through oxytocin, a hormone in the body, a stronger sense of bond, bonding and connection with other. And the brain lights up with senses of feelings of empathy, of care, and ultimately pleasure. So in this particular podcast, I want to talk about three lenses for compassion. The first lens is a lens of self-compassion, that self-care. It's the ultimate act of self-care, of love, and the ultimate act of freedom. 
self-compassion, other compassion, directing our compassion towards other people, people, a person, life itself. And then ultimately, a third lens for looking at compassion that I call universal compassion, that non-specific compassion. It's not compassion directed at any one person or group of people. It's compassion that is boundless or unbounded, unconditional, and ultimately is for the benefit of all sentient beings. Sentience meaning the opportunity or the ability to experience feelings. So let's talk first about this notion or this idea of self-compassion. Self-compassion is feeling your own suffering and wanting to alleviate it. It's presencing or focusing on your on yourself is bringing into present moment awareness presencing your own suffering agitation disquiet incongruence noticing that and having a desire to not just wait it out but to resolve it alleviate it relieve it in some way so self-compassion you know if i look at the last particularly the last four to five years in psychological research and increasingly in the last two years in mainstream, the idea and the promotion of self-compassion has really been on the rise. And it makes perfect sense, really, particularly in the last couple of years as we've needed to adjust our lives quite significantly through to factors outside of our control. We've needed to really look inward and pay attention to ourselves and potentially our immediate families in our own homes to care for ourselves and each other. Now, self-compassion has three fundamental elements that are included. This first element here is this this practice of self-kindness, a recognition and acceptance of yourself as you are, not wanting anything different about yourself than what is your actual reality not judging yourself not seeking perfection or trying to perfect the imperfect trying to idealize and idolize yourself as something that you're actually not connecting with reality being kind to yourself noticing that inner critic that we often have the the voice on our shoulder the voice at the back of our mind that wants to critique and judge and dismiss and discount all that we currently are rather than listening to the voice that says you're just doing great just as you are you're doing the best you can that sense of being kind to yourself now the second element of self-compassion is normalizing our suffering oftentimes what we think is that what we're feeling the agitation the hurt the the pain the frustration the anger the disappointment the rejection the isolation we're the only ones individually who are experiencing those things thinking that everyone else is happy and fine and doing well in life even if we don't feel at the time that we are we so we start to isolate ourselves or withdraw ourselves to hide away now mainstream media and marketing and advertising do pretty consistently just have to look at the billboard on your local corner in in a big city to know that there's some brand promoting some idealized version of one of self right there in full high definition color and if we're not that representation and we don't have a strong enough sense of ourselves then we might start to think that we're not good enough and want to hide ourselves away but what we do need to recognize that 
we're all suffering at times. Every single sentient being, human beings, and our animal friends are struggling at times. It's actually what makes us sentient. Life would not have any meaning, any quality to it if we didn't have a sense of suffering a time to know and to connect with what truly matters it's not possible to go through life without having a sense of suffering at times we're all doing it and you're not alone now the third element of self-compassion is really about a non-attachment to self-identification and what i mean by that is a recognition that you are not your thoughts and you are not your feeling your thoughts and feelings are things you just have from time to time identifying with that next thought that says i'm not good enough that's me that's self-identification so it's all about observing oneself getting on the balcony of our thoughts and feelings and experiences not attaching to them being on the balcony of self and not just on the dance floor with oneself it's accepting that we can't ignore the pain frustration that we f feel in life pain is a precursor to joy frustration is a precursor to contentment life is a cycle all experiences ebb and flow we need to feel compassion for ourselves at the same time compassion only arises in response to suffering if we didn't have suffering you wouldn't need compassion so this notion of self-compassion is all about self-love and unconditional love and accepting ourselves as we are and understanding that we're never alone now of course self-compassion does have a dark side it does have a blind spot and if we're only focus on self-compassion that is no other no compassion for others then we can it could turn into a degree of being self-absorbed and self-focused we lose perspective of the other in our lives we started to get a distorted sense of social reality distorted in the sense that the world only exists to serve us the world only can only be understood through our own perspective it's not multifaceted and what's really interesting if you do a search of compassion in many of these major platforms for human communication most of them like three quarters at least maybe more when you type in the word compassion and you see what comes up first compassion by itself doesn't come up a lot if you type in self-compassion though you would get oh, millions of references to that particularly in the last couple of years so it's not a scientific study, but anecdotally, much of the focus around compassion, particularly in the last couple of years, has been self-orientated. And I think there's a definite need for us to start to pay attention to and to intentionally practice compassion for an identified other. At this time, this is the work I think we as human beings need to focus on we really need to notice not just and pay attention to and become absorbed by our own suffering but to take a moment take some time to notice other people's suffering to observe that suffering and to see its consequences to observe that suffering and to ask ourselves the next question 
of why is this occurring? Potentially, there's no root cause, root cause to discover. But the more we actively listen to be surprised, ask questions we can never know the answer to, really dive into another person's experience through their eyes, the more likely it's going to be that we'll truly understand why that suffering is occurring for them. And then we can seek to release and relieve them of that suffering. And as I shared in the previous episode, relief of suffering isn't removal. It's just lessening its pain. To seek to alleviate, to release, to relieve that suffering in some way. My meditation teacher has said this to me on so many occasions, and I think it's apt to repeat it in this particular podcast. What we need to do in order to practice compassion for identified others is we need to become aware of and to acknowledge other people directly in the field of our interpersonal awareness. Now, what does... What do I mean by that? And what did my meditation mean, teacher mean by that? In essence, let's say we're walking to the supermarket and as we get closer to the supermarket, we notice that there's people of differing levels of, um, differing levels of um, issue outside the supermarket begging for money. Now, in our busy lives and the um, sometimes lack of willingness to be distracted or caught up or, or not wanting to um, become uncomfortable, we can ignore those people. We can walk straight through those opening doors and get the things we need for the evening meal. The evening meal. And those, those people that are, that are living on the streets or unable to get a, um, a meal for the evening, are the missing members of our society. But if we practice acknowledging people within the field of our interpersonal awareness, our role, our job, our obligation in that sense is to acknowledge, to say hi. Maybe that's all we need to do, but to help those people within our society who may not be as fortunate as you and I know that they exist that they're noticed. But if we take that one step further, we're also talking about groups of people on the margins. Refugees, other minority groups, other religious minorities. Those groups of people that are targeted, pointed out for being different to the mainstream. You just have to look at the war in Europe at the moment, uh, famine in many parts of the world, an inability to, f- to find medicines that are available to each and every one of us in privileged society. Even think about the global species, not just human beings, but animals. Those minority groups that are seen as different, less than, not as important, um, with less privilege, less rank in this ecology of life itself. This is who I'm talking about, is identifying others, naming them. You know, to alleviate the suffering, we do need to connect with that suffering to inquire into it and seek to, to understand it. The key consideration here is sometimes we might not be willing to do that, that practice of compassion for an identified other because we feel it might be overwhelming. 
like I, I can admit I've been in that situation myself of, you know, I can't do anything about these. These, these challenges, these, those people on the margins of our, our accepted society, I can't do anything to fix their problems. And as soon as I say that to myself, I'm no longer practicing compassion. Compassion isn't necessarily about fixing something. It's wanting to alleviate that suffering for that group of people. Now, we, we might ultimately be able to fix something, but it isn't the starting point. It's potentially an end point. But we need to recognize that we are always more than the suffering that we experience. As soon as we recognize an opportunity to show compassion to an identified other, we have always have more than the suffering we will receive. So how do we do it? Well, it, in, in a way, it's similar to self-compassion. Practice kindness. Without people-pleasing, without wanting something in return, the everyday acts of kindness towards another person, another sentient being. Judge less, listen more. And third, practice presence with others. It's really important in practicing compassion for an identified other to not make it, not make their suffering about yourself. It's about wanting to experience, needing to experience another person's suffering without personalizing it making it about ourselves and then a tip or a suggestion is to continue to expand your interpersonal field to take on more people connecting with the people that you're connected to so for example with my one of a team i work with showing compassion not just to that group of five or six people but the next five or six people that they're also connected to I may not have a direct relationship with them, but I have an indirect relationship with them through the people that I'm showing compassion to. Ultimately, as the, the uh, Kevin Bacon um, seven degrees of separation analogy says, we're only seven degrees of separation away from everyone on the planet. So compassion for an identified other, similar to self-compassion, does have a dark side or a blind spot. And I was talking about this with a friend just this morning as we talked about compassion. We can sometimes lose our sense of self to the other when we're showing others compassion. We get this sense of, who am I in all this? It's a slippery slope when we lose our connection to self, even though we're showing and practicing compassion to others, to lose ourselves and take on other people's suffering as our own, rather than showing and practicing compassion. We try to fix it, or we... We take it on as our own and we stop being altruistic and it's ultimately a very subtle form of manipulation. And as soon as we take on other people's suffering as our own, we lose our altruistic element and it becomes slightly manipulative. Resentment is the only end of that pathway. Why shouldn't you do what I asked you to do? Because I helped you in the end, didn't I? That type of thing. Now the third lens of compassion, the one that is personally intriguing for me and is my own personal practice, at the moment and has been for some time is this notion of universal compassion now i'm sure if you google that term someone will have a definition of it so but i'm going to share how i understand it. and again i'm taking this universal compassion notion again from my meditation teacher who says practice for the benefit of all sentient beings not any one subgroup of sentience not one individual, myself or other, not one group of people, but practice compassion for the benefit of all sentient beings, which of course includes yourself. Now, I'm currently reading a book called 
the yoga spandakarika and spandakarika means the vibrations of consciousness or the vibrations of all awareness and there's a quote in there that i've been pondering for the last few days and it says in the absolute sense pleasure and suffering subject and object are all nothing other than the space of profound consciousness the ultimate and absolute unity of all things is non-dual no separation so this idea of universal compassion is a consideration of compassion for all of humanity all of sentience as a collective whole not trying to break it down split it apart compartmentalize say i'm going to give you compassion but i'm not going to give you compassion it's a recognition and a practice of life itself is a practice of compassion not specific to a situation not directed at a person because ultimately we're all are a universal whole to accept that we all the all is all of us no separation to accept all that is in each moment without wishing it to be different and providing non-judgment and an expression of kindness to all that is within each moment and to all sentient beings without bias or favor now what's really key here in universal suffering is this this understanding in buddhism one of the four noble truths and it's the fourth one the alleviation of my own suffering only comes with the alleviation of all suffering so by only focusing on a part of the whole you can't be healed by only providing compassion to those people you feel comfortable giving compassion to and not those group of people, those sentient beings that are not part of your tribe. If we only give compassion to some but not all, then ultimately we cannot be healed. And this, this is really interesting. To use, just to use the, the last couple of years as an example, you can see how the spread of COVID-19, if one person became infected with the virus nearly everyone in their immediate vicinity if they didn't do the proper practices of looking after themselves and protecting themselves then everyone got it everyone had become affected if just one of us isn't healed so if we don't spend our time supporting every single person to alleviate suffering then that suffering can reinfect all of us but also paradoxically focusing on self and other is a service to the whole because ultimately everything is consciousness now i was thinking about what the potential dark side or the downside or the blind spot was of universal consciousness and i'm sure there is one but i just can't find it because ultimately everything is consciousness because individual ego is put aside for consciousness itself personal gain personal elevation of self over the other personal identification or collective identification of one group of people as more important than another group of people the ultimate dark side that collapses us all back into suffering for all beings just isn't there when we practice universal compassion so think about the one thing that we can do 
to support ourselves to practice self-compassion, compassion for an identified other, and ultimately this experience, this liberating our collective consciousness, alleviating suffering for all beings of universal compassion. To see others, it's a practice of seeing others as oneself. Each person listening to this podcast, watching this YouTube video, connecting with a snippet in one of the social media platforms where this particular piece may or may not ever end up, seeing the person who is listening or watching this snippet as myself, seeing others as oneself and oneself in all sentient life. No separation, no division, no boundaries, no in-group, no out-group. And practicing loving kindness, non-judgment, acceptance and allowing of every sentient being's experience as equally important as one's own. That is the ultimate practice of universal compassion. Recognizing that if any sentient being is suffering, then I am suffering too. And a deep calling to witness that suffering, connect with that suffering, and seek intentionally to alleviate that suffering. And on that note, I really do hope that you take from this particular episode of the Positive Change Podcast that every intentional and non-intentional act, thought act, emotional act, behavioral act, that seeks to unify or bring back together that which had become fragmented bringing back together that which has been torn apart in some way it's through that separation that suffering is initiated the bringing back together the alleviation of suffering for all is also an alleviation of suffering for yourself until next time hi and thank you so much for checking out another episode of the positive change podcast if you enjoyed this episode please hit subscribe using the button below and make sure you also click the bell icon to get notified every time we release a new episode. If you're looking for the show notes for this episode, we have them in the link underneath, as well as our social media handles and some links to free training and other offers that we drop from time to time to help you go from overwhelmed to thriving in pursuing your best life. So go ahead and check out this episode's show notes if you're interested. And thank you so much for tuning into the Positive Change Podcast.